Did you know that Australia had a mass shooting in 1996 and shortly after implemented gun laws banning all semi-automatic rifles and we have had no mass shootings since. There have been over 600 mass shootings in the US in 2021 alone. I feel like people only want positive stories from me and I get that and I respect that. I got a really angry message the other day from a follower saying you used to inspire us and now you just tell us really traumatic, sad stories and stuff like that. I was like, damn girl, like shit. Um, sorry for being human. Sorry for going through the human experience. Sorry for not being robotic and a fake influencer. But yeah, no, I'm human. I go through some shit. And I want to talk about it. So the last week has been really interesting, very intense. So I find it incredibly hard to date while being a thing on social media. For a long time now, I have tried my hardest to hide my social media from people I'm dating. And by dating, I mean, you know, talking, just getting to know them, meeting on apps. If I am on an app at that specific time, meeting them at the gym, at a bar, at a party, through a friend. So when I say dating, I mean, you know, just starting that talking phase, right? So in that phase, you tend to, you know, get to know each other, whatever. And during that phase, I try my hardest to not give away my social media so as to not allow that person to be maybe alarmed because of what they see or create any misconceptions. The people I usually date generally don't know who I am and I meet them off social media and that is generally a specific kind of requirement. Is it good that I'm setting those requirements and boundaries? I think so. As I said in my last podcast episode, it doesn't make me comfortable knowing that I may be dating a follower of mine who has been following me for many years and has information and insight, you know, to me that, you know, might make them feel some type of way. So I personally think that it's really important to not date somebody that ha may have any preconceived notions about you that may think that they already know you. And you know, if I was to date somebody that knew me on social media, I would feel like they would already think that they knew my life story. And I have been in those situations where people think that they know me inside out because of my Instagram. And it's generally the furthest from the truth. One commonality between all my dating life and relationships is I swear to God, these men somehow find me. I'm not, I don't like to say I go looking for them. There are days or there are moments in life where I do feel really lonely and I do find myself looking. But for the most part, these guys find their way to me. I met a guy and we hit it off. We had pretty common background stories, similarities, experiences. In fact, we had a lot in common and that made me steer in his direction. I was really interested. I was super down to find out more about his story and learn more about him. Um, and we hit it off. Everything was great for the first couple of days and we were bonding and getting along quite well. And I was spending a lot of time with them for the first couple of days and things were great. And then soon after, it just turned to hell. It went from zero to 100 very quick. I saw my psychologist yesterday and they told me that the reason why things have hit the fan and gone from zero to 100 is this person and I are trauma bonding 
So trauma bonding, which I've just learned, what it means is it's basically when you connect with somebody based on similar trauma, traumas that you have experienced together. I know it sounds absolutely insane, but basically I feel a connection to this person because I've gone through similar stories. Middle Eastern family, culture, traditions, customs, religion, all of that, they have pretty much gone through almost everything I've gone through. So I felt perhaps, perhaps, you know, instinctively just felt automatically connected to this person. So my psychologist thinks that I was trauma bonding with them and that's why the relationship has just hit the fan and, you know, hit the ground running completely just completely uh, erratic really um, and things have just gone so fast so quick so further on to trauma bonding it also basically includes it's a repeated cycle between a person that can be abusive it doesn't have to be physically perhaps emotionally or mentally or psychologically and the individual which in this case it would be myself so basically this person is using their past experiences to kind of bring about a, a cycle or pattern of abuse followed by reinforcements or positive reinforcements. So what he's been doing is, you know, reminding me of the things we have both gone through together and then using that, leveraging that as a way to kind of bring us closer together. And I stupidly have been like, oh, okay, like this is great. Like we get along, we have the same interests, we've gone through the same things. Like this is it, this is, this is, this is love. <sighs> Why am I such an idiot? I won't go into too much detail about why things have become completely toxic, but in essence, they requested that I um, remove my social media or I do not post anything whilst with them, which essentially means discontinue my social media, but, you know, keep my profile up or whatever. So here's the thing, right? I know... A lot of guys that are insecure or people in general, let me just say people in general that are insecure feel the need to police their partners. If you love me, you'll delete social media. For a healthy relationship, we shouldn't have social media. I think that's wrong. I think every human being needs their own uh, level of freedom and to be able to do what they want to do in their spare time without being controlled by their partner. I think when it comes to controlling what your partner does in their free time i feel like that is where things start to get a bit hazy and problematic i understand that some people feel you know jealous some people don't know what their partners are doing on social media as long as there's transparency and open dialogue and communication i don't see the issue right for me what i'm currently going through you know i've been or in my past relationships through because of my Instagram, I've been accused of doing porn and, you know, being a prostitute, or whatever. So people, guys automatically assume the worst when they see my Instagram, they don't understand it. So that's their kind of initial reaction. So it's a matter of me having to break it down for them and explain it to them, which one is exhausting. And two, I don't really feel like I need to explain myself all the time. But you know, I will for the sake of the relationship, right? I'm fine to do that. But when it comes to them demanding things and expecting me to just drop everything and delete everything for them when we've just met, I think that's a huge issue. How I also see it is if I'm spending all my nights with you, if I'm going to bed next to you at night, if I'm loving you and 
fucking you, you should not be worried about what I'm posting on Instagram, especially if they're just photos, like harmless content. Unless I'm getting fucked on OnlyFans by 10 different guys, then sure, maybe you'd have something to worry about. But it's just Instagram. It's just harmless fun. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that deep. But for guys to constantly want to police what I do on Instagram as soon as we start dating and think that they can control me and own me, it's a big no-no. It's just like, you're not my parent, right? I'm allowed my own level of freedom. I've been doing this for years. This is my brand. This is my business. I've been doing this for a very long time before you came into the picture. So you have to understand that that is a part of me that you will have to accept. And if you can't accept it, well, then hit the road. Because if I'm going to bed next to you every night, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. My terrible dating life, the commonality seems to be people wanting to control or police my social media or want me to get rid of it. So I told him about my social media and finally broke it to him. I said, look, I'm like, I've got a thing going on social media and you know, you need to be aware of it. The response I got was pretty much the cherry on top and the answer that I needed to understand that this was incredibly toxic and I needed to step away from it. Um, It went from zero to 100. I just don't know why I steer towards men that have severe issues. I don't know why I always assume the role of healer. These guys approach me, they find me somehow, they see me as this well put together person that, you know, has his shit together and then they latch onto me to kind of fix their issues. Like a broken bird with a broken wing. I'm just always the healer. I don't know how I assume this role of healer and protector like without even without even realizing it. I had no idea that this was going to go where it went so soon and so quick. So now I'm in the process of stepping away from it and breaking it off. But the issue I face is the repeated cycle of finding these men or these men finding me that have gone through so much shit, have unaddressed issues, baggage lingering, uh, trauma that they haven't addressed. I end up assuming the role of healer and trying to fix them. I don't fucking know why I keep doing that. I don't know how it always ends up in my lap. I don't know how people's problems always end up in my lap. I don't get it. I don't understand why. I have an inkling feeling. I have, I have an idea and my psychologist says the same. So I am what they call an empath. And if you Google what an empath means, it's basically a super empathetic person that feels a lot of emotions all at once, feels the weight of the world on their shoulders sometimes, feels a lot of burden because of other people's problems. We're almost like a sponge. We soak up a lot of people's emotions around us. Um, Yeah, it can be full on. It can be a lot. So when somebody approaches you with you know, issues, you tend to, without even thinking, assume the role of healer. And you're like, you know what? I got you. Let me help you out. You know, it doesn't have to be anything serious, but let me help you out. And then without even realizing it, you're six weeks in and this guy's calling you your boyfriend and telling you he's in love with you because you were trying to be nice and heal him and fix him. I'm just like, Elias, how can you be so fucking stupid? Like, how is this happening to you again? It keeps happening over and over and over. And there is a repeated cycle of the men I date um, latching onto me because of traumatic experiences. And I'm just like, this is really fucked up. Like I need to get my fucking shit together. So I'm in the process of ending it. I know it's a toxic relationship. To be honest, I don't see myself in a relationship right now. Like it's absolutely ridiculous to even think that or consider it. But you know, now I'm in a really sticky situation where I have to kind of end things and be very careful about it. So I'm working on it with the help of my, um, 
<laughs> psychologist. We're working on it. Um, but it's it's truly terrible. There is a cycle. There is a pattern that is going on in my dating life. These men that have severe issues tend to be drawn to my energy and I automatically assume the role of the fixer and I have to fix them. It goes back to my first ever gay relationship with a male. Basically, this photographer had found me on Instagram wanting to shoot me you know, like photograph me. And he, without me knowing at the time, I had no idea. Months down the track, I would soon find out he was following me for quite some time, really analyzing me and studying me. This photographer had approached me, perhaps I'll say in another podcast another day, but basically this photographer had studied me really carefully and requested to photograph me. And so we worked together. Soon after, he told me that, you know, he really liked me and he wanted to explore that relationship. So I went with it. It was my first ever time being in a gay relationship. And he soon drew me in to him. And a lot of it was defined based on trauma and similar experiences with families. Well, he was of European, Greek background, and he had some Spanish roots as well. And, you know, he ran with the story, what he's gone through, the traumatic experiences. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. And soon after that, I found myself in love with him and we were in a relationship. A year and a half later, we were deeply connected because of our traumatic experiences in the past. And everything that he had told me had happened to him, I felt the need and desire to fix him. That's the first recollection I have of that happening. I think I was 19 at the time and he was somewhat 35 years old. So for me to heal a 35 year old man at the time, I didn't realize the deep impact it would have on me later on in my gay relationships, but that truly was a horrible experience to go through. I didn't realize that I was a 19 year old trying to fix a 30 something year old man at the time, you know, and he had many problems, many, many problems. He lied about his finances. He lied about his family abusing him, which they never did. He lied about his ex-boyfriend abusing him, which was soon uncovered that that never happened. And it turns out that he was the abuser. He lied about his HIV status. There was a lot of manipulation, gaslighting going on in that initial gay relationship that I was a part of. So that truly affected my dating life for years to come. Perhaps now I feel like there is still a lingering desire for me to fix some of these guys that approach me. I don't know why I still assume that role. I truly don't. If anybody has any ideas, tips, suggestions, thoughts, comments, opinions, feel free to shoot them my way. If you feel like you can relate to this, please send it my way because I'm truly trying to get to the bottom of it. I don't know why I feel like I need to fix everyone's problems because I don't fucking want to. I'm not your counselor. I'm not your therapist and I don't care to, but somehow I find myself in this role over and over again. Look, dating for me is really fucking complicated. Finding someone is really fucking complicated. It's really hard to explain my Instagram to anybody. It's really, really incredibly difficult. And I put up a question saying, if somebody that you were dating that you really liked told you they had a secret Instagram with tens of thousands of followers, mainly men, how would you react? And most of the messages were incredibly positive. I mean, I received hundreds, almost thousands of messages saying they wouldn't care. But unfortunately, not, you know, at the end of the day, not everyone thinks like that, particularly those I seem to steer towards. But, you know, this is a lesson learned. I need to steer my direction and my uh, my interests and my likings in another direction. I know I need to. I know I need to. But for some reason, I instinctively just steer towards those that are troubled that I should fix. I don't know why. I need to focus on the people that are trying to love me for all that I am. Not trying to love the idea of me. Not trying to love the idea that I can fix them. 
I want somebody to love me in, you know, many, 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 many aspects, all the aspects that I am. You know, telling this story brings me back to the last time I was truly in love when I felt a really deep connection to somebody. And I mentioned it in my previous podcast, my question and answer. I had a relationship in 2019, which truly was an amazing, amazing relationship that I fucked up. At the time, I hadn't addressed a lot of issues that I was facing, right? At the time, I was deeply hurting silently, alone in my own mind. Um, Early 2019, this was perhaps January, uh, February, really early on. And I remember this moment in my life quite well because I spent a good amount of time in 2019 with this one particular person who I fell madly in love for. And he and I connected greatly and it wasn't based on trauma. We connected on all things beautiful, interesting music, interesting food, desire to just be outdoors, at the beach, hiking, going for drives together. I connected with this person so closely and yet I still managed to fuck it up. So basically what had happened was he and I were getting along in every sense. In every sense, it was perfect. I could not fault that relationship. I truly couldn't. But we were not having sex. Um, we went weeks and weeks without sex. But the relationship was still amazing. I was still hooked on him. I wanted to see him so often. I wanted to spend all my weekends with him. He introduced me to his mother, to his friends. I felt so connected to him. I was, I was, his pet dogs loved me. Like we were so close. I truly felt like this was going to be the man for the rest of my life. The man of my dreams that I had always prayed for and wanted. He ticked all my boxes but we weren't having sex. He identified as a top at the time, and so did I. And I wasn't mentally in a place ready to bottom. You know, I have said that I would bottom for love, but I wasn't in a place mentally to bottom. I was going through a lot. And he had, you know, he had told me that bottoming wasn't a sensation that he enjoyed. So I respected that. But because I loved him so much because of everything else, I stuck around and I tried my hardest to make it work. But it's really hard to make a relationship work without sex. And soon after, I started growing resentful. I was getting impatient. I was getting horny and I was getting uncomfortable. I needed, I needed that element to be covered. I needed that box ticked. Everything was perfect in every sense of the way. And the guilt that I endured for months after after ruining that relationship. Yeah, I endured a lot. And I've gone through those emotions. I've gone through all those things and I've experienced it all and I've accepted everything that had happened and I've dealt with it and we've addressed it, we've moved on, etc. But me fucking up that relationship was truly a lesson learned indeed. And to date, I always, always, always give the person the benefit of the doubt. I now consider negotiating in a relationship, compromising. I was hell bent on not bottoming for this person at the time. And he had truly considered doing it for me. Yet I still was just running. My patience was running thin. I know it sounds incredibly immature. I've accepted my faults then. Let me just tell you, I dealt with it for many months, many sleepless nights. The, scenario, the events that took place ran through my mind for many nights, months after. So I've experienced it. I've lived it. 
And, you know, breaking this person's heart because there was no sex in the relationship was truly one of the most devastating things I've ever experienced in my life. And that's just on my end, you know. I can I can never feel what he felt, what I made him feel when I left him. It was It was terrible. It was really terrible. The reason why I tell you this story is to show you that I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect by any means. I've had some amazing people come into my life that I've let slip through my fingers. And I have met some pretty crazy freaking people that somehow seem to stick around that I latch onto because of their issues that I feel like I need to fix and heal. I don't know why. I don't know why this happens. You know, I need, I need to just detach from these, these people that approach me wanting to be healed and fixed. I just don't. That's not my fucking job. It's not my goddamn job. You know, I look back at that relationship in 2019 and I'm like, damn, like I truly, truly, truly fucked that up big time. And it was a lesson learned indeed. Perhaps it was my karma. Perhaps it was God. Perhaps it was divine timing. But yeah, I, it was a lesson learned indeed. I would never base a relationship off sex ever again. Because to date, I have yet to find somebody that made me feel as loved, as cared for as that person did back then. And I let it slip through my fingers. You know, one thing I do want to mention is (laughs) he, this, this, this person from 2019, the story I'm telling you about, he knew about my social media. He didn't give a single flying fuck. And I love that. I love that so much. He didn't care. He didn't try to police me. He didn't try to control me. He was so just so wholesome in every aspect. He stood by me. He took my photos wherever we went Every beach we would go to, he would whip out his phone and start snapping pictures of me. He took all my photos. He was taking such good care of me, loving me unconditionally. And then I let it slip through my fingers because of sex. I know. Shame on you, Elias. I know. I lived it and I experienced it. But I've learned my lesson. I truly have. And I feel like part of me is... I feel like the reason why I attract these... Um, these guys that are like plagued by trauma is perhaps I fear receiving that wholesome love like I did back in 2019. Perhaps there's like an underlying you're not ready feeling. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm working on it. Look, we're working on it. We're working on it to try and figure it out. Surely me attracting these fucked up guys is like a sign of me not being ready for that relationship that wholesome relationship still. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure it out. I really am. Dating an influencer is not easy. Dating somebody with a huge social media following, finding a guy that is accepting and understanding of that is really hard. And, you know, I had that once and I let it slip through my fingers. I fucked up and I accepted it. And I feel like all my relationships after that have just been like, They've just been like lessons after lessons. And I'm just like, all right, all right. Thank you, universe. I got it. No more lessons, please. Just send me the man of my dreams already. Send me my soulmate because, okay, I've got the lesson. I got it. I fucked up. Forgive me, world. Forgive me, universe. I'm sorry. Please cut me some slack, please. (laughs) Seriously. I know it's quite deep. I'm sorry, but yeah. (laughs) trauma bonding it's fucked up it's real it's a thing if you've gone through it it's really fucking hard but don't worry i'll be okay as i always am i'll get over it and i'll move on 
and the world will keep spinning. <laughs>